Hey there, Rhino here from the podcast No Humble Opinions, where we talk to interesting people about interesting things. Today I'm going to have a chat to my friend Aaron in regards to hypnosis, and we're going to be sponsored today by some new people, Dude and Duke, out at Deception Bay, which I'll tell you more about in a second. Hey, Aaron, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Ryan. Good, man. What brings you here? Tell me what you do and what's on your T-shirt there. I am a hypnotherapist. I specialize with people with anxiety and stress and help them overcome it relatively quickly without medication or talk therapy. Cool, man. Okay. Hypnosis. The biggest thing I've ever seen with um, hypnosis is on, I was on a, um, what was it, the carnival ship, you know, what they call the cruise ship sort of a thing. Yep. And this dude was at the front there and got about six or seven people up there just to do wacky shit that everyone laughed at and thought it was funny. Now, is that what you do? Not exactly. (laughs) Uh, There's various forms of of hypnosis. Yeah. So how does it work? What's the go? So I'd like to start with just a little bit of history of hypnosis. That'd be awesome. So um, we could go all the way back to a gentleman called Franz Mesmer. And he had this idea, which he called animal mesmerism. And he would get people to lie down and put magnets and run magnets all over them. And they would sort of get into a, into a trancey sort of state. And he was able to help certain people. But it became sort of um, blown out over the years. But the name still stuck called mesmerism. Yeah. To be mesmerised. Aha, uh-huh, I've heard that before. Then um, after that, there was a gentleman called James Braid. And he sort of, he, th- he knew there was something to this mesmerism, but he didn't believe the way that it was being presented. So he started looking into it and realised that hypnosis was more of a focused um, focused state, which you're in a state of non-sleep, but you're not quite awake. Mm-hmm. So very similar to when you wake up in the morning and you're, you're a little bit dazed. I'm like that till about 10.30. Yeah. So um, James Braid was actually one of the first um, hypnotists to start doing operations using hypnosis. So flat out, just did yes. the whole... Op- so did over... I think um, close to 5,000 different operations in India um, where there was no anaesthetic. Um, so they literally amputated limbs and things using just the power of hypnosis. That's crazy. That's, man, no thanks. I'll stick to the, the, the new way of doing things. Hey, just while uh, we were chatting too, just let everyone know, we're doing things a bit differently this time. We're running things different. We're in a cafe. I've never done this before. But I said to Aaron, hey, brother, can you go out on a limb for me? And he said, hell, Rhino, let's do it. So just sitting here in a cafe at the moment, so sorry about the background noise, but it sort of adds a certain ambiance, we feel. And anyway, if it sucks, you tell me. So that's fine. So, okay, so this guy's doing operations just simply using hypnotism. Yes. So tell me more about, give me some more history. You got any more of that? So from there, the um, hypnosis started to become relatively known. And then um, people started looking at it like you had Sigmund Freud started looking at hypnosis initially he thought there was something to it but then he threw it out the window Mm -hmm. so the scientific community sort of left hypnosis for a while there and then about um, mid-1950s I think there was a gentleman called Milton Erickson Mm -hmm. and he's what's known as the the father of modern hypnotherapy so Milton was actually suffered from polio himself um, and was a was a psychotherapist to start with and he started using hypnosis in such a way that he wasn't using the, the techniques of mesmerism where they were swinging watches and things to try and get people's focused attention. Mm-hmm. He started realising that you could use certain language patterns to uh, um, bring back memories of people's experiences. Okay. Look, yeah, I mean, I... Okay, and in, the, um, uh, in an effort to understand what we were talking about, I went and had a hypnosis session with you which I'd never done in my life, and it was something very new, and I'm a bit of a sceptic with it, to be honest, but it's... Oh, I was, anyway, particularly, but I found it, personally, I found it 
one of the most relaxing states I've ever ever felt, I guess. And just, I think, I mean, I can't say that I changed anything particularly off a one-off, maybe. I mean, maybe you might have to do more than that, I don't know. But, man, I felt really deep inside myself, inside my own head sort of thing, and, and in a peaceful, nice way, as opposed to, you know, getting wound up as you can do inside your own head somehow. Yeah. So, I mean... How? Because what do you, you use repetition of your words a lot, don't you? That's that was what I, it stuck out to me. Yes. So the way that I like to say that um, that I work with stage hypnotism, you often have people there that are actually want to have some fun and they want to let loose. Mm-hmm. So they're actually in a situation where they're allowing themselves to to be to because all hypnosis is self hypnosis. So the the fallacy of people can be trolled by hypnosis is. It's generally not true. They've got, well, they've got to basically let themselves you, be hypnotised. Yeah, you, you want to allow yourself to, to follow that person's instructions. Mm-hmm. So if you have a good rapport with the hypnotist and you're willing to, to, um, to let go, so often those stage shows, it's what's called a rapid induction. Mm-hmm. So it's a really, they um, create a really high focus state of that person, then using a startle reflex of a, a shock, a click or a flick, and then instantly the mind becomes a little bit blank during this this um, pattern interrupt and that's where the mind becomes open to putting in little suggestions such as sleep relax mm-hmm. and because the, the mind is a little bit um, whacked out because it wasn't sure what was going on it just starts to listen yep. so you can instantly start to relax now the difference between stage hypnosis and the hypnosis I do is people often come to me and they're suffering from stress so for me to go okay close your eyes relax relax and <laughs> if only i could it, it's not going to work for them so i take the approach of milton erickson which we believe that everybody has been calm and relaxed in their life at some time mm-hmm. and by using certain language patterns of just first of all getting you to close your eyes which um, shuts out the external environment and allows you to start going into your mind so it's like you're in a in a meditative state yep and when we're in this meditative state Using certain language of, you know, you can allow yourself to relax. I don't, you don't have to relax, but you could relax. Mm-hmm. So we're using these patterns where um, we're not forcing anything upon anyone. It seems to be really a lot easier to um, take hold of. Mm-hmm. Now, what actually happens after a while is when the person gets into a, a really relaxed state, that conscious critical mind that's, that's always thinking starts to calm down. So that's the mind where we're always we're thinking about something and you know even in ourselves we might be feeling unhappy and we we talk to ourselves but it's like you're just knocking on a door and and nobody's listening Mm -hmm. but when we're in that hypnotic state that conscious mind it's like the barriers come down the walls come down and we're allowed to talk directly to the subconscious mind and so you probably notice that when you've woken up in the morning in that half asleep half awake state you'll hear that first song and it'll be in your head most of the day. Oh, it drives me nuts. Yeah, it's never what I want for some reason. I don't know what it is. But. So that's because it was impressed straight onto the subconscious, avoiding that conscious mind. Okay, yeah. So allowing people to get into this nice relaxed state, lowering their conscious defences, we can start to reteach them how to be calm again, how to do calm again. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, well, it's interesting that because if you take away the, the front of mind, I guess, that's the part that makes you anxious and makes you wound up because you're overthinking. Yeah. That tends to be the case. So so that's your, your primary um, treatment uh, that you do is for, for anxiety, is it? Yes. So I run a whole program for um, helping people relax, helping them initially get feel a lot better in themselves because often people with anxiety are, are quite pent up with tension and emotions. So the first thing is just to try and get them to relax and then over time we start to increase new 
new thought patterns within the hypnosis to allow them to be able to cope in situations, to be able to know that there is no true danger, they're not being attacked, and so they can re um, re-look at the situations in, and look at reality as it is rather than how their mind is pretending it to be. Ah, cool. Yeah, okay. All right, so you see a lot of um, ads around for stopping smoking. That seems to be a big one for people under those. Do you, you know, I'm not, it's not your expert area of expertise, yep. I'm not pretending, but what's the geo there? How would that, what's that meant to, how's that meant to work? Well, the thing is, um, hypnosis for cigarettes works. It mm-hmm. does work, but it's, it's, not a, it's not a quick fix. Yep. So, obviously, with hypnosis, the person has to allow themselves to, to be hypnotised. They have to want these changes to truly happen. So, if someone's gone to a hypnotist and they, they have doubts that it's going to work and they're probably just there just to see if it works, mm-hmm. it probably won't work. Yep. But for a person who has true belief and they, they genuinely in their heart want to give up smoking, they've done the, the pre-therapy steps of understanding their reasons for giving up and things like that, there'll be a higher success rate for actually doing the hypnosis session and having success. So you can't actually just be healed by someone doing hypnosis. It's a, it assists you in, in you know, getting off the smokes, does it? That's the basis of it. Yes, and, then, and there's also there's a lot of people... There's, different suggestibility scales within people mm-hmm. so some people are quite suggestible and those people may even be someone that on the street you could hypnotize for them to stop smoking yeah right but the amount of people that are that have that level in the population is very small mm-hmm. so most of us need to go through a longer period of relaxation of allowing these these changes to take place slowly no groovy man i think it's a Look, anything that can help you get off those things or, or whatever other bad habits you got as well is, is probably worth having a crack at, I reckon, in some way, shape or form. Um, okay, tell me, when did you decide you wanted to be a hypnotist? Well, it's always been on my mind for, for quite a few years. I um, 20 years ago now, a while back, I was, I was into, <laughs> into kickboxing and um, I was always into the power of the mind and I knew how important the mind was for the, for the athlete. Mm-hmm. So I used to get um, a lot of self-hypnosis tapes and listen to them and eventually I didn't sort of stick to them but I realised that just by visualisation and really going into a calm meditative state and using my mind to direct my thoughts, I was able to create states of, of feeling like I'd achieved before I'd actually gone in, into, the, into the event. Yep. So over the years it was always on my mind and as a hobby I started to study and Looked at little things like you know sticking people's hands to the table and just the, the 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 trick hypnosis stuff. Yeah, so you do a bit of that, do you? Yeah, I do a little bit of that. <laughs> um, and but the good thing about that is they're good what we call convincers. Mm-hmm. So often you'll see someone else being hypnotised, and that's the best convincing yep. for for you to be able to be hypnotised. Yeah, no, I, I dig it. I was just watching a a TED talk today actually just briefly about a guy who said he was explaining hypnosis. He was a hypnotist and. And he, yeah, he said, look, he said, you can't hypnotise someone that doesn't want to be hypnotised. And he said, yep. there's a lot of little subtleties in it that are, you know, that are making more convincing of a person by using their, you know, emotional yep. states and all that sort of stuff in it. And it was really, yeah, it was a really interesting sort of a chat. He was saying there's no magic in it. It's just, it's just if someone wants to be hypnotised, they can be and it'll assist them after yep. that. Yep, definitely. No, that's cool. So, okay, how do you become a hypnotist, man? Yeah, um, literally anyone can become a hypnotist with the training. So there's many training facilities um, around Australia and in Brisbane, um, all around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is the type of hypnosis they teach. 
So you can often go and just learn stage hypnotist. You can learn street hypnosis, um, which is basically doing um, stage hypnosis on the streets. Okay. But if you want to become a, a hypnotist to use it for therapy, you need to learn clinical hypnotherapy. Yep. So the clinical hypnotherapy goes into the structure of the mind, how things work, the subconscious, and we learn how to actually use hypnosis um, and create suggestions that are have a purposeful um, result for the person. So I could hypnotize you and just say, okay, Ryan, um, you're now gonna be happy, you're now gonna feel good, but because they're not your words mm -hmm. and it's not gonna be as effective. So with hypnotherapy, we often need to find out how someone's feeling so we can use those feeling words back at them and to change the state to how they want to feel mm -hmm. in their own language. Yeah, okay, cool. So. Yeah, helping him along. I, I get it. Uh, what sort of, I mean, how long does your training take to do that sort of thing? Training, um, initially... Well, it probably you, never ends, I guess. But it, I mean, it, it can go on and go on and on. But um, initially you, um, you start at home by learning some online materials about the history of hypnosis and how it, how it can be used. Mm -hmm. And then you need to go and do some practical elements. And then when you go to the um, practical element, that's where you learn all the good stuff. Okay. Um, where you actually get to, to hypnotise people, learn inductions. Um, so the induction is actually the method of putting people under hypnosis. Mm -hmm. And there are literally hundreds of ways to put people under hypnosis. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned now. So I better ask you, have you ever used it in a way you shouldn't have, young man? Have you ever... You know, no, lots of ladies out there that you might need some convincing again, um, some time. Not, not so much. But the good thing with hypnosis is that it, it teaches you um, about language. Mm -hmm. and you become a good communicator. Okay. So I found that using hypnosis and other elements of um, something called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, you, you learn to ask the right questions so you can get the right answers. Yep. And it's, it's really important to be asked the right questions um, so you can get those answers so you can help somebody. Mate, I'm sure the right questions are all important all the time. So, uh, mate, I'm just going to have a quick chat about our sponsors now, if you want to sure. just take a bit of a sip of that fine drink you got over there. So that's fine. We've got some new sponsors today, guys, as I mentioned earlier. Dude and Duke Beer Hall out at Deception Bay. Now, I popped into those guys the other day when I was coming back from a motorcycle ride, and they are cool, if you're into what I'm into, I suppose. One of the coolest things I liked was there's about eight taps on the wall, and what you get is you get a little card that you juice up with some money, and then you scan the card, and it pours beer, or you pour the beer yourself, but it, ch it charges you by the litre. So for me, who likes to try a few different beers, and depends on how I feel on the day, but having the opportunity to try a couple just as a sip with no issue and not giving a barman a hard time was awesome. I loved it. Uh, I heard some, some people say, oh, it's just, you know, it's just being lazy, they should have barman. Bullshit. I like pouring my own beer. So I'm happy to go there, and I'll, I dig it heaps. They also got some great American-style food with burgers, wings, so on and so forth out there as well. They're very new. Um, Elise out there, the owner, is a really cracking chick. And, look, just give them some support. I love them heaps. They're at 378 Deception Bay Road in Deception Bay. Dude and Duke Beer Hall. Like them on Facebook and check out what events they've got coming up. So, man, story time. Tell me some cool stories. Give me some, some ideas. And you don't mention names or anything like that. That's fine. But tell me some funky stuff that's going on. Some funky stuff that's going on. Well, hypnosis can be used in various ways, as I've told you before. Yep. And um, as long as somebody is very open to, to hypnosis, you can do just about anything. Yeah. So you can actually use hypnosis to increase people's feelings of, of pleasure, mm -hmm. of bliss. So that can be used in certain, certain ways with, um, <laughs> with, with friends yep. um, to create um, internal 
find places of happiness. So obviously you could go down the other route of ecstasy and that sort of things, but I'll just stay to happiness at the moment. <laughs> but Come it's on. actually it's actually quite um interesting at how just by thinking and think remembering back to a time where we were happy, mm-hmm. how those feelings will instantly come back. Yeah. And then starting to use vague language. So I don't know what those thoughts were in your head about that time you felt really good and you were quite calm and relaxed and happy. Yeah. But you'll start to notice that the more you think about it, that you'll start to realise that you were happy and you were calm and your mind will start to create those thoughts that were ex- and the feelings that were associated with that time. Yeah. So that's the good thing with, with hypnosis and just being able to, um, to tell a story. You can actually revivicate emotions. So often I could say, start off with somewhere where, what's a nice calm place that you've been to, Ryan? Uh, probably sitting on the beach when I was a kid at White Beach down in um, Tassie. And how did that make you feel? Relaxed. Relaxed. Uh, yeah, just happy, no worries in the world, nothing flicking around in my head, saying something's going to go wrong, just enjoying the moment. Yeah, and what were you doing in that moment? I was feeling the breeze, to be honest, and just looking out over the water. I you don't were feeling the breeze. Yeah, it was nothing big. I just remember it for water. some reason. Yeah, and you were just there, sitting there on that beach, just feeling that comfortable breeze, and you can almost start to feel how comfortable that breeze was just by remembering that time and being there. It's a pretty good memory, yeah. It is, and the more that you start to think about that memory and these, what we call revivification of memories, this is the secret to to getting people happy again. Mm-hmm. So often we. Do you find think people forget to be happy? People do forget to be happy because we're getting what I call um, the wrong train of thought. So you could imagine the thought pattern is like a a track through the bush. Mm -hmm. You've got an easy track, which is the one that we've been using often. It's not often the the best track because there's a bit of danger at the end, but it's quick. I often think of it as wheel ruts. Like when I get into just a difficult place in my head with a bit of anxiety and a bit of, Jesus, you know, what's going on? It sort of feels like I think of it when I'm riding my motorcycle off-road. And you just get stuck in that wheel rut and you just keep down that rut no matter what. And it's not the good one. Definitely. And then when you pull out of that that rut to make a new path, that path's rough Mm -hmm. because it's not well worn. Yep. But once upon a... If you keep pulling yourself off that rough path onto the new path, eventually the new path becomes well worn and that becomes the new path that you take. Yep. The old path becomes overgrown. So we can look at the old thought patterns. The less we use these old thought patterns and we start to create new thought patterns, those old thought patterns start to fade and we start to create these new thought patterns, which are the easy ones to go by. Is it just sort of retraining your thought, your mind, I guess? Definitely, yeah. definitely. Now, because there's a lot of different ways of trying to do that. And I mean, I'm not suggesting you know anything about it, but um, cognitive therapy, what's that? Yeah, called? cognitive behavioural therapy. Yep, that's, I've heard some cool stuff about that, yep. just doing that sort of there. Do you know much about that? Or yeah, it's, it's basically using your mind to reaffirm the situation. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling anxious, you start thinking, well... First of all, is there anything that's actually endangering me? Yep. No. So There's I not can, a bear chasing yep, me. Yep, so I no. can cut that off. Yep. Now, um, what else is, is being the problem? Is so eventually you start using your mind to cut down these things that you're actually not in any danger. Mm-hmm. What's the worst thing that can possibly happen here? Yep. And you're starting to re, um, rethink the situation rather than letting these horror movies take place. Yeah. Um, and the bigger the horror movie gets, the more the, the feelings increase and the more anxious we get. Yeah, anxiety is a weird thing. Like I... Well, I've had a fair crack with it in the past. I've been pretty good lately, but it's um, talking to some other people and just saying, you know it's not real. You know it's in your head. And for me, it was just an always a good way of bringing myself out a little bit is to say, it's not real, buddy. It's not real. Okay, yep. there's nothing chasing you. Nothing's going to go bad. It's all right. And 
But yeah, I mean, it's what your mind can do is off chops. Like it just, I just find it funny how so many of us go down a difficult path and and continuously go down a bad section. Why don't we go in a good way? I mean, there's got to be some people walking around that just don't, that are just happy place all the time because they don't get it. Uh, I think it's just this um, this crazy journey of life which is just encountering traumas every day believe it or not we we just get encountered by so much stress these days financial um, health and all these things start to to impact people and it's slowly their stress levels go up and up and they don't have a time to actually stop and reset and then just one day that nervous systems become on high alert and bang you have anxiety and they say where did this come from mm. and it was wasn't there before but it's just it's got to a state where the nervous systems just become that what i say that little meerkat he's just become on high alert because he's encountered so many stresses that he just honestly thinks that there's another stress coming along he's just all wound up all the time yep. well hypnosis that can be helping that i mean can you give the the listeners a bit of a rundown a basic rundown on what you do what is what does a session entail so a session in hypnosis First of all, requires speaking to to me to find out um, what you what issues you're having. So what you're actually feeling, um, what these what your physiological triggers are that are maybe causing your anxiety or causing your stress. And then we do a basic pre-talk, and I explain what hypnosis is, and and explain that hypnosis is just something very natural that we go into trance seven or eight times a day. Well, you talked to me once before about the car ride. How when you drive, and I get that too. I love yeah. driving. I drive big distances, and then you get there, and after an hour, you're thinking, "Shit, I can't remember where I've been now, and I can't remember anything that's happened." And that's that. You told me that was a form of self hypnosis, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it's a form of trance. So any time that you're deeply absorbed in something, where it could be a book, it could be a movie, um, someone's calling your name, and you hear them, but you tend not to react. Yep. So oh, Emma, you'd like that because she says, "Thanks, good chat." So, sorry, babe. Sorry, what? Yeah, so the so. only difference between um, that trance state and a hypnosis state is the hypnosis trance state is highly focused. Mm-hmm. So we're highly focusing it towards listening to hypnotist words rather than focusing on the book or the external stimuli. Okay, cool. So, all right. So you they have a talk to you and figure out you know how they're feeling, what yep. their um, aim is, and lots yep. of stuff there. What happens then? And then all they need to do is sit back relax if you can listen if you can follow instructions you can be hypnotized and you can relax Mm -hmm. so the client literally just sits down puts on some nice headphones relaxes and literally just listen to me what i I say tell them the story so i'll just start to talk about how they can relax Mm -hmm. and how they've relaxed before and how they've had feelings of calm and pleasant memories before and maybe they could even go back and experience one of those pleasant memories yeah and then over uh probably 10 to 15 minutes the client becomes very relaxed mm-hmm. and their physical body started to relax their that anxiety has started to calm down and that's where we start to go into the point of where we call dissociation of your consciousness to your subconscious yeah so we start to use very um interesting language patterns that the conscious mind has trouble catching so there's for example there's two parts of you and there's one part that can take part in this and the other part doesn't need to take part And while the client's listening to this, this, their conscious brain goes, well, I'm just not going to worry about this and I'm going to let it go. So that's often the part during the session the person says, did I snore? Did I fall asleep? (laughs) Yeah. But the truth was they were just in a very deep hypnotic state. Okay. Yeah, no, it's... it's, I found it very interesting. Like, I didn't... I certainly... It wasn't what I expected, but it was a lot better than I expected, I think, with the fact that I felt so relaxed. And... You know, with a few more sessions, something else might sort of, you know, be more on that. But 
No, I find it I find it intriguing, brother. So look, I mean, now how do people get hold of you? People can go to my website, um, nostressnow.com. They can also find me on Facebook, facebook um, facebook.com forward slash nostressnow. Um, and just, yeah, look me up and you'll see a lot of my videos and testimonials that I've been done. And one thing I'll say with hypnosis is that it is definitely the best way to relax. So even people that aren't suffering from extreme anxiety, just for the average person to be able to turn off, switch off, without needing to spend $1,000 on a holiday, they can do it easily <laughs> right now. You can have it in an hour. Mate, thanks. Dad. Anything else you want to mention before we wrap it up, buddy? No, um, just appreciate you having me on here and allowing me to share the hypnosis with the world. No, nah, thanks, brother. And look, we'll catch up again soon. But thanks to you guys, listeners. We did a bit of a shorter one today. I want to try out some um, some shorter ones and some longer ones as well. We'll try it in a cafe because failure is always an option, people, as you know. Big thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Dude and Duke, for your sponsorship. And we'll catch up with you next week on No Humble Opinions.